You're listening to the Creekside Sunday Morning Sermon. Now get ready to enjoy a message from Pastor Christina. And I'm blessed that I get to bring you the word this morning, if that's okay. Uh, so I have something I think God is really stirring in some of our hearts, so I'm excited about it. Before we do that, I want to say hi to those of us joining us online. Uh, Ken and Jan Perry, you're on there. Hannah, Pat P, and Perry Peaky. thanks. Those are just a few that I saw online this morning. Can those of us in-house show some love to online? Say hi, let them know you're here. We're so happy you guys are with us. We have a strong online community at this church, friends, so uh, if, if you're ever online while you're here with us, hop on your phone, say hi to them, uh, because they are faithful. They are on just as often as you are here with us, and we love to get to connect with them, so make sure you do that. I want to thank Pastor George for letting me speak today, um, because this has been a really great series. Creatures, Creature of Habits, it's been such a wonderful series, and over the last three weeks, we've learned a lot about our habits, haven't we? And what, ha- what are habits? Habits are just a series of choices that we make that often lead to change in our lives. Habits are simply a series of choices that we make that lead to change in our lives. And in some instances, these choices might lead to menial day-to-day change that we see. But other times, these seemingly small and consistent habits, choices that we make, They lead to impactful and even eternal change. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning as we round out this series, as we finish it off. Uh, But we're going to get to that in a second. Before we do, I would like to pray with you. So if you'd please bow your heads with me as we pray, and then we will dive in this morning. Uh, God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for who you have brought here and for the choices that they have made that have brought them to this place. I pray you prepare each of our hearts to receive your word today, Lord. Let us be sensitive to your voice this morning and to the changes that you may be calling us to to make in our lives. We choose you today, Lord. Be with us as we pursue your presence. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So Pastor George mentioned this at the beginning of this series, but I want to do a little check-in. We're almost to February. The new you, new year, new you mentality might be a little foggy, might be a little hazy at this point. So I want to check in. Research shows that 9% of Americans will complete their New Year's resolution. 9% of Americans. That's not a lot of people. (laughs) It's not impossible. Shout out to my mom. She completed hers for 2023. Way to go, Kath. But 9% of people is not a lot of people. In fact, research also shows that 43% of us who made a resolution will quit by Wednesday of this week, January 31st. (laughs) So see you Wednesday. But Wednesday of this week, what does this remind us of? This reminds me that change is not only difficult, change is hard, but even our best laid plans will boil down to the choices that we make and the habits that we form. Sound familiar? If you haven't picked up on it yet, today we are talking about change and the choices we make to get there. And already, we've had some conversations over the last a couple of weeks. I see some of you now. You're kind of recoiling a little, little squeamish. Change freaks you out. 
I get it. I get it, a majority of people are uncomfortable with change. Me, I love change. I love changing. I love the change of seasons. Uh, anything that has to do with change, I often open it with welcome arms. Uh, I love the newness of something, some place. I often love the newness of new people. I moved to three different states and I've traveled to a handful of countries hoping to change my scenery, my point of view. I redecorate my house on a consistent basis. Nothing's Nothing stays the same around there uh, to keep things changing. Often my style, my hobbies, and even my favorite color have been known to change from time to time. I'm telling you, I love change. It's ADHD in me, I think. But I know this isn't true for most of us. And hear me out very closely, because I think this is going to be a comfort for some of you. Those of you who don't like change, you're the normal ones. <laughs> You're the normal ones. I'm sure for some of you, you may be hearing that for the first time today. I'm happy to do that for you. But you're normal. Change is hard for people. Change is uncomfortable for people. And why is that? I've asked myself that question a lot because I live in a house with two people not so comfy with change. Meanwhile, I'm over here trying to change stuff all the time. So I'm like, what's wrong with these people? I've come to the conclusion of this. Change often feels like a sign that we've lost control. Like there are things in our lives that we don't have control of because they're changing. We often equate change with this idea of an unexpected shift in our life circumstances, a curveball that came out of nowhere, something that hit us from left field. And we've grown averse to this idea of change. And I get it. But in reality, Change often has more to do with our choices. Change has a lot to do with choice. A conscious decision to do, act, think, speak, or simply be different. Change has a lot to do with cho choices. So for those of us who are struggling in this area of control, I am happy to inform you that you actually have a lot to do with how much you change. The Bible calls us to change, in fact. We're not just changing for change's sake. We're not just changing because we want to be better. The Bible calls us to change in many areas, but I want to camp here for a second in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 24. So if you have your Bibles, feel free to open those up. If you've got your uh, phone, open up that Bible app. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. <clears throat> and it says this. It's Paul writing to the church of Ephesus, and he said, With the Lord's authority I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that wasn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. 
So what does it say there in verse 22, friends? It says to throw off your old sinful nature. Throw it off. That's active. It's not just letting something fall. It's not taking it off, folding it up nicely, and storing it away for a rainy day. It's throwing it off. You are throwing off your old sinful nature. You are changing. And not in your own strength, not in your own power, but it says in verse 23, by the power of the Spirit within you. The Bible's calling us to change. Says it right there, Ephesians 4. Throw it off, change who you used to be, and the Spirit is going to help you do it. Hallelujah. And this change that we're called to takes place on every level of our being. We are creatures made by God. Physical, mental, spiritual beings. And this change that we are seeking takes place on every level. This change that we are called to takes place on every level. It starts with the physical. It says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verse 1, let us cleanse ourselves from anything that can, that can defile our body or our spirit. Let us <clears throat> work towards complete wholeness. God cares about what's inside. He cares about our spirit. He cares that he dwells among us, but he cares about what's happening on the outside too. It says complete wholeness, body and spirit. We're to change mentally. Romans 12, 1 and 2, CYC 180 verse, so I hope all our students know it. It says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? Changing the way that you think. Changing the way that you think. Then, you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I can attest to God's ability to change us mentally when we make the choices to do so. I've seen my mental health change drastically as I've made choices, as I've built habits that focus around his goodness and what his desire, what his good, perfect, and pleasing will are for me. So we do it physically, we change physically, we change mentally, and we change spiritually. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 7 through 8, God has call, called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God, who gives the Holy Spirit to you. Again, my friends, I am echo echoing much of what PG has said this last three weeks. I am, you are a creature of habits. Singular creature, many habits. And the decisions that we make today will ultimately impact the outcome of who we become tomorrow or the next day or the next day, or years down the line. The decisions, the choices that we make today will ultimately impact the outcome of who we become tomorrow. They will be what spur on the change that we are called to. We choose to go to the gym. Okay, wait, <laughs> sorry. You maybe choose to go to the gym. I do not, I do not do that. So you choose to go to the gym to help you change physically. We choose to do devotions as a daily habit so we can be in God's word and be changed mentally. We form habits 
by making choices, choices that ultimately change us. Earlier I mentioned small, consistent choices that lead to both small-scale change that we can see day to day and big impact or even eternal change. So what does that look like? What does that look like for you? I'll give you an example for me. Small choices, small change. Small choice that I've been making. I've been getting up early. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I've been getting up early. Why? Because I want the small change of having a better attitude by the time I show up into the office at 8.30. So what do I do? And my, my coworkers are like, thank God. <laughs> Why do I do that? So what am I doing? I'm waking up at 6 a.m. And before I hear from some of you, oh, 6 a.m., I'm up at 4. Okay, I get it. I'm an overgrown child. I'm not meant to be awake before 11. So I wake up at 6 a.m. I'm not an early bird by any stretch of the imagination. And boy, am I not an night owl. I'm like a day pigeon. 11 to 7 is my, is my vibe, okay? So I'm waking up at 6 a.m. I'm waking up at 6 a.m. every morning. I'm making this choice. I'm building this habit because what is it doing? It's giving me time to get in the right heart space to get in the right headspace, to show up at my place of work and be a pleasant person and, have a, and be a helpful teammate. It's a small choice <laughs> and it's making a small change. I come ready to be whatever my team needs me to be and I come ready to do whatever I need to get done for the day simply because I set my alarm for 6 a.m. I said I have a bad, good attitude about it then, not now. Some of you, your small choices are leading to way larger scale change in your life. Walk with me for a second. You're developing a habit that seems to be small now, but you're laying a foundation for transformation in your life. For instance, some of us today are making the small choice to simply show up consistently. You've been here consistently on a Sunday morning. Maybe you were invited. Maybe you found your way here on your own but you decided to choose to be here on a Sunday morning over being any other place with any other people doing any other thing. One hour, maybe an hour and a half, depending on how long it winded the preacher is, out of your Sunday morning. But in showing up for that one hour every week, maybe you've met some new people. And maybe those people who you've met have invited you to a Creekside group or to celebrate recovery or maybe even just out for lunch after service. You're now finding yourself making a choice to be here not just on Sunday mornings, but maybe a time or two throughout the week. Small choice. Now, after spending some time within this community and meeting these new friends, you're starting to see that you're being loved differently that you're being served differently. And you start asking them these questions as to why that might be. You look different than the other people I spent time with, why? And you're presented with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the truth that his sacrifice has given us new life so we get to serve and love as a result of that mercy. So then you make the choice to surrender your life to surrender your idea of this life to his will for you. 
and you find freedom in this new relationship with him and you secure your eternity in heaven forever. Small choice, big change. Change in our life, change in the lives of those who came before us and who will come far after us has always and will always start with a choice. The habits that we form will either lead us toward the change we are seeking or away from it. Look at the choices that changed everything for us. First, it was God's choice to send Jesus. God's choice to send Jesus changed the law as the people of Israel knew it. When Jesus showed up on the scene, everything changed. What the people once knew no longer really mattered because Jesus was there. God chose to send his son, Jesus. And I was reading in Ezekiel the other day and, the, and this question came up in my brain. Have you ever wondered why the Pharisees and the religious leaders were so outraged simply by the existence of Jesus? Before he started doing anything, before he started preaching in the temple, before he was talking to people on top of mountaintops, before Jesus was really doing much, the Pharisees and the religious leaders were outraged by his existence. And I wondered, why is that? And then it hit me. These guys weren't dumb. They were just overzealous. They knew that Jesus was bringing about change and that this change was going to give people the ability to choose who or what they are going to follow. And on a system based off rules, regulations, and laws telling you that if you do this, you walk this way, I can mediate on your behalf for you and God, you're now being given a choice in the matter? That would have rocked their world. And that was because God chose to send Jesus. The second choice that changes everything for us is Jesus' choice to die for us. It changed our eternity and our ability to be in relationship with the Father. If you've read through the story of Jesus' crucifixion, you know the moment that he took his last breath, the veil was torn, and it was torn from top to bottom. Why is that significant? I'll tell you why. Because it proves that no human effort could have torn that thing. First of all, it was big, bulky, and heavy. It was gonna be hard to rip no matter what, but it tore from the top straight down. And what that did was it put us in direct communication, direct connection with God. Big change. But what are the choices that we get to make? Those are two choices that changed, the choice, choices that were made for us that changed everything, but what are the choices that we get to make? Well, we get to choose to follow him. Our choice to follow him makes changes in our lives in how we love people, how we serve people, and how we see life after this world. Some of us are sitting face to face with this choice today. We've heard about who he is, We've connected with people who show us his character. And we recognize the sin in our life and it's too much for us to bear on our own. I ask you today, is it time for you to be someone who's making that choice? Our choice to follow him. 
other choices we get to make are the choices that transform us. These are the habits that we form, the spiritual disciplines that we acquire that continue Christ's redeeming work in us. It's our spiritual disciplines, it's spending time in godly community, it's serving others, it's living generously. The choices that we make that transform us, all of those things transform you little by little. PG challenged us on week one. He challenged us to make a who goal instead of a do goal. Focus on the person that you want to become and then go ahead and create the habits that help make those choices to support that person. Focus on a who goal instead of a do goal. I want to take a moment to talk to those of you who maybe haven't had a chance to make those last two choices yet. You've maybe been with us for a couple of weeks. You've heard about habits, and you've realized that the only way you're going to be able to become this person you're focusing on being is if you make the choice to let Jesus enter the plot and give you the power and the wisdom and the strength to build newer and healthier habits for you mentally, spiritually, and physically. If that's you, if you're that person who's considering making a choice to follow Jesus today, I wanna pray with you. And I want you to take, it, take the time, I want you to repeat after me. You can do it quietly to yourself if you'd like, but the Bible says that those who believe in their hearts that Christ died and confess with their mouth that he was raised again will be saved. So as I pray, I, I want you to say it out loud, even if it's just loud enough for you, for you and God to hear. So if you would repeat after me, Lord, here I am. I know that my choices matter. And today I'm choosing to follow you. Not every choice I have made until now has been good. And I know I won't be perfect. But your grace is more than enough. Your sacrifice was more than enough. Thank you for making the choice to die for me and for sending your spirit to change me. Amen. If you are choosing to follow Jesus for the first time today, let me be the very first one to welcome you into the family of God. In Christ, you are forgiven, you are redeemed, because Christ has overcome. This is a choice that leads to everlasting change, and we have tools and resources and support for you as you begin to form these new habits and make new choices that move you closer to your relationship with Christ. Stop over at Guest Central today before you leave. See my friend Barb, get a yes packet. Talk to Graham Seal today before you leave at our uh, Creekside Groups table. Talk to him about our Foundations of Faith class. Make choices now to build strong and healthy habits starting today. And we can't wait to walk alongside you for the rest of your journey. And for all of us, 
the rest of us who maybe have been doing this for a while, we're gonna move into a time of worship. And we're also gonna move into a time of communion. So uh, if you don't have a communion cup, a rip and sip, you'll wanna grab one of those. Our guest services team can help you. But for the rest of us, as we move into a time of worship, I wanna take time for communion. And why are we taking time for communion this morning? Well, communion is a healthy habit. Communion is a healthy habit, and it's one that you have an opportunity to exercise and take part in anytime you are here. Communion is always available for you at these side tables, but it's always great when we get to come together and practice this habit of communion with one another. The Bible is filled with one another's. So this is something that we get to do with one another. What is communion? Well, first, communion is for any person who has believed in or trusted the Lord Jesus Christ alone for his or her salvation, and it's a time where we can choose to examine ourselves. So for those of you who maybe accepted Jesus for the first time two minutes ago, you're in. (laughs) Take communion with us because here's what we're gonna do. This morning as we take communion together, we're gonna do three things. First, we are going to remember Jesus. We are gonna remember what Jesus has done for us. We are gonna remember what Jesus is doing in us right now. We are gonna remember who he was and who he is in our lives. We're gonna take time to remember. We're also gonna take time to repent. We're gonna take time to repent from our sins and our selfishness. Some questions we might ask ourselves as we do this, some choices that we might be able to evaluate while we repent are this. Have I walked closely with God this week? What have my habits looked like this week? Have they brought me closer to or further away from the Lord? Have I acknowledged him as the Lord of my life? Have I surrendered my life to him or am I holding back part of something for myself? Have I offended someone? Have I said things that need to be repented of? Have I done something that's clearly in violation of God's word? Have I refused to make peace with my neighbor? Am I clean in my heart and life before God? Is there any hidden sin that only God knows about? Have I said things that I need to repent of? It's also a time for us to renew, to renew our commitment to him, to refocus our priorities, and to resolve to live in victory, welcoming the change that comes as a result of his grace and his mercy. So like I said, we're gonna take communion together. So as I read the words of the Apostle Paul, would you prepare your cup with me? For I pass on to you what I have received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. You may take the bread. Then Paul says in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this is the new covenant between God and his people in agreement confirmed with my blood Do this to remember me as often 
as you drink it. He ends with saying, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Jesus, we thank you for the sacrifice that opened up the door to everlasting change in our lives. Thank you for giving us an active role in our relationship with you, the free will to choose to follow you, and the ability to choose wise habits that bring us closer to you. I pray for each and every person who can hear these words that you would give them the strength and spirit of perseverance knowing that change is hard and takes time, but you are faithful and your love endures. Let us always remember that you alone are where our help comes from and that help has the power to transform us. Thank you, Jesus, for your transformation power.